Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited for this episode today. This is going to be the Instagram episode, All the Dirt. And I have with me a super special guest. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer Kenny from the Independent Stylist Podcast. Hey, Jody, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I am so pumped to be chatting with you. Um, I've been on your podcast a couple times, but this is a first. Have you, you have? Online, and so. it did your episode that we did did so well, and it's so funny because um, did we redo it? I forget now. Yeah, we had tech difficulties the first time, and then the second time. Was it, oh, it was the tech difficulties, but it still wasn't like perfect. It was IG live both times, right? Yes, that's right. And it was like a little bit glitchy and my son was in the background making noise <laughs> and it's still because of the information that you dropped, that episode still performed incredibly well. Incredible. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm sure that people are going to be going crazy over this episode because I know just a taste of the information that you have and I am so excited to share it. So do you want to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and like what you do, how you got into the industry, all the goods? I'll be really quick because most people probably care less about that and more about how I can help them make more money. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll give you a real quick background. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jennifer Kenny. I also have a podcast called the Independent Stylist Podcast. I am at Independent Stylist Podcast on Instagram. And I started that uh, almost a year ago today. And I wanted to do something to kind of like give back to my industry, but also kind of like my second act, like what was next, because I didn't want to work behind slash couldn't work behind the chair anymore. And before that, I specialized in curly hair, naturally curly hair for 10 years. And I worked independently and I became kind of like an advocate for salon suites and working independently. And I always enjoyed marketing so much and retail so much. And it just kind of, everything kind of just fit together for the podcast to kind of, I guess I just wanted like to empower other stylists with the knowledge that I have. So they felt like they could go out and do it too. Because a lot of the things that I talk about, not, I kind of went another way, like into the social media niche a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of where everything went. But when I first started out, I was really going heavy on salon suites, being independent. And I just wanted to be a voice kind of for the people that wanted to do that, that maybe were hearing from everywhere that they needed to stay in a commission, like in a traditional quote unquote salon Mm -hmm. space. That gives you. Oh, I love that. That's just a little bit. That's the, that's the cliff notes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's definitely. that's awesome. Um, okay, so I love that because I think like one of my favorite things about the industry over the past 10 years has been all of a sudden, all of these new options that we never even talked about before have come to the forefront. And I think that a big aspect that we have to thank for that is social media, because we're no longer defined by just the stylist that we work with. We now have access to like, thousands and thousands of other hairstylists and we can really find like-minded people which I think has been huge for the independent movement for sure my whole group of curl stylists that I kind of came up with we started in like I think we all found each other in like around 2013 on Facebook Mm -hmm. on Facebook that that was my core 
friend group of stylists because they all did the same thing. And we spent years, I say together, like I've only met a handful of them like in Mm -hmm. real life. But if it weren't for Facebook, I would have felt very isolated and alone because I was the only person I knew in my area that did what I did. So it was so nice to have a group of people to just talk shop with. And it's the same thing now, like with you and I and our little group of people. Mm -hmm. It's you. I really think it's so necessary. It's so necessary to have like your work buddies. Absolutely. Community is a game changer. I say this time and time again, I fully believe that. Um, So it's kind of, this kind of ties in perfectly then. We're going to talk about some of the first of all, biggest questions that we both get asked about social media and some of the most relevant things that'll make the biggest difference. So this episode is going to be 100% Instagram. So let's let's talk a little bit about hashtags and how hairstylists can use them to gain local followers and potential clients, because this is probably the number one question I get asked. Hashtags if you take nothing else away from this episode, hashtags are so important. Use them, research them, treat them almost as if they're paid advertising because you can expand your reach by hashtags in a way that's just literally mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And they are one of the last true forms of free advertising. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. um, they are a way to draw people to your content that don't necessarily know who you are. If you think about that. Yep. Especially you know, with the rise of being able to follow hashtags, that is huge now because now it's not just when someone decides to search it, they can follow it. So you're popping up in their feed, in their home feed without them having to go anywhere. So because you just said that, I want to give you an example I had. And this is, it's a generic example, but it's one that's so easy to like make my case. If you do a lot of, and I always say like updos or wedding hair, but it doesn't have to be. It could literally be any hair. People always want their hair to be perfect before their wedding. Use wedding photographer, wedding hashtags. Not for every, not for every, you can have 30 in each post, but like sprinkle a few in there. Like you're making, like, think of it as not a cake, but like a charcuterie board. (laughs) You've got a little bit of everything. You like that? I just made that up. You never know what you're going to get with me. Um, But sprinkle that in there. Like, even if you don't necessarily do wedding day hair. Cause I know, especially now that we have the freedom to kind of pick and choose what services we want to do. Not everybody mm-hmm. does that, but if you do extensions or color, anything that a bride or somebody in a wedding party would be looking for, think about what hashtags somebody that is getting married is going to follow wedding photographer, wedding planner, wedding venues. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything else like that. And then go do your research. All you have to do is go into the search in the top of the on of the top of the page and type and search for hashtags and type in like wedding photographer and a ton of other related hashtags come down. It makes it so easy for you to do the searches. And always add your locale. Like I always say like the town that I'm from because it just it works in my brain. So like I would say Tampa wedding photographer and then the little outlying suburbs, you can switch them and add those too. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I always say too, like I know one of my personal, like one of my one-on-one coaching clients, she was having issues because the area that she's in isn't huge for Vivids. Like there's still enough of a Vivids clientele, but not like quite enough to make a a local Vivids hashtag have too much traction. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said about the adjacent hashtags, like we found this isn't what your ideal client is searching, but what are some things that are like that, that they might also be into? So what we came up with is the YG tattoo hashtag, which is the city that we're in and 
tattoo has a lot of that similar audience. So even if you aren't necessarily getting traction with your hashtag Edmonton Vivids, try something that you feel like you might share an ideal audience with. I mean, it's such good advice. And like, I think a lot of times people start to do a hashtag set. And and I know I actually, it's ironically enough, when I was behind the chair, I enjoyed posting on Instagram, but I wasn't really trying to like grow my audience and I wasn't paying attention. I hashtagged everything with my business name just because I was a jerk. And that was the only one that I used. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I wasn't trying all this stuff. And I'm I learned it afterwards because it was just so interesting to me. And I was like, well, if I'm going to post for stylist and like, if you go to my account and you look at the hashtag sets that I use, I'm a podcast and I give social media advice to stylists. But if you look Mm -hmm. at my hashtags, they are all things. And I feel like this is, here's another analogy. They're like fly paper for hairstylists. They're Redken obsessed, teasy lights, from our pulp riot is the paint like mm-hmm. all of these kinds of hashtags that stylists already follow so that my stuff can pop up in their feed because most hairstylists aren't going to go to Instagram and search for podcasts for hairdresser totally so that's such it, good advice yes so take whatever it is that you do and don't you don't have to feel like it's not because at first I was like, is that like false advertising? It's not. It's the entire whole point. Like it's just mm-hmm. a way. Hashtags are just a way to get found. And then the other things that I say, like if you're going for local, um, you want to do the actual service because if somebody's looking for like a bob or a lob and I'm using super generic terms just because mm-hmm. it's easier for my brain to retain it all <laughs> or a balayage. <laughs> right? Think about you're going to put those kind of terms and then you'll put your local communities in front and like switch it. So one might say Tampa Balayage, one might say Carrollwood, Wesley Chapel. Those are all just surroundings. And then you've got those three and then you mix it up into different sets. So you have four different sets of hashtags or however many you want to create of 30 and you keep them in your phone and each post can have a different set. So you're not always using the same. So you're covering like a wider, you're casting like a wider net. Totally. Yeah. Essentially it's just getting your content in front of more eyes. Um, And then the nice thing too, is that like you said, they are also like something that someone would search for. Like when I go to a, if I'm in a city and I need like a manicure or like a lash fill or something like that, I 100% will search on Instagram because I feel like a lot more confident finding someone when I can see their work first. And I think that is how, yeah, that's how clients have evolved now. So I think it's always, always vital to include in your hashtag sets, say, yeah, your city and then balayage. And that is a huge, huge um, takeaway. I think people should definitely take that. Two more things I want to say to that point, and I hope I remember them both. (laughs) The first one is when you're saying the names of services, use the actual names of the services, but also think about what clients might call that service if they don't understand it. Like, I don't think people really use ombre anymore, but like if someone's looking for balayage, might, will they say highlights? Will they say ombre? Like what are other things that the, the civilian is going to call these things because a civilian doesn't follow the platinum card hashtag. They don't know what that is. No. Oh yes. Okay. I'm actually just going to go off on that on a little bit just because I don't want to forget, but that is also something since this is the Instagram episode that you want to remember when you're writing captions, I see so many stylists who are, you know, and if you're targeting other stylists, that's great, but don't use hairdresser terms. Talk about what's in it for your client and use the language that they would use because that yes. is how you're going to convert them into clients. Yes, absolutely. Definitely use surrounding locations. Like if you mm-hmm. are in a city and then there's another big city an hour and a half, two hours away, why not throw in a couple of those? Because sometimes, you know, I had people that were willing to drive from Miami, which is like a four or five hour drive. Not everybody, but some people would because they see my, that's what it was. They see my pictures 
And they know I can provide the service that I'm saying that I could provide. So do this test on yourself. If you were looking for yourself, (laughs) could you find yourself? Could you find yourself (laughs) with hashtags? Or like if you were going to send your best friend who lived in Phoenix, Arizona to get their hair done and she wanted a you know, a blonde balayage and she needed gray coverage. And I'm using one of my best friends as an example. What <laughs> hashtags would I use to find her a stylist? You know, and think yes. about that because you got to think about, you, I don't know. I just think thinking about it like that, like is incredibly helpful. Absolutely. Cause a lot of us do use Instagram as our search engine because we're on it all the time. Like I search for restaurants. I search for like other beauty service providers, boutiques, like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, if you think about what you would use, that's a great example. If you were looking for a friend in another city, how would you like, which hashtags would you search? That's a perfect example. Two more things I thought of. Um, keep them, try not to use hashtags that have more than a million. Like when you go and search, it'll come up with how many there are. You can use, if you use all 30, and I've heard this from other people, I don't know 100% that it's true, but it makes sense. You can throw a couple in there that have a million or more. Like one of the big ones I use a lot is Redken Obsessed because that's got a ton and a lot of stylists follow that. Um, and then... For an example, behind the chair has like millions. So don't just put blonde because there's, you know, 30 million posts that are blonde. And if you go in and you type these hashtags out and you put blonde, balayage, medium bob, uh, redkin shades, like a list of things like that. And they are all hashtags that have like millions of previous hashtags it can look to the algorithm like it's spam and then it won't show it to anybody. Yes, totally. And I think a really great way to avoid doing that and a good way to find hashtags too is like, say you're in Miami, right? And you want to use a couple location hashtags. You'll type in Miami. It'll show you that there's probably like 200 million posts that are tagged that. Mm -hmm. But underneath it, it's going to show you all the ones that have a couple hundred thousand, like Mm -hmm. to a million. And that is a really great way to find hashtags in your area. So say like Miami life or like Miami vibe or whatever, right? There's so many different um, hashtags for every city and that's a really good way to find them. And also to filter out which ones are a waste of time. Exactly. And that's why like I made a reel and it was like my first or second reel that I ever made. And I had, it was just like a pen and paper and I was showing people how I make my sets. And um, this one girl DM'd me like, I don't understand this <laughs> because yeah. you're thinking like you're doing these hashtags on your phone. Well, you need your phone to look up the hashtags, right? Yeah. So I sit there with my notebook and it, again, it's just one of my things that I do. My brain likes it this way. I need yeah. 30, right? So I write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and I make three columns and then I just sit there with my phone and I go through And then I fill them up and there's a set. Oh, that's smart. And you could do that too if you're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and you do Vivids. And I'm basing this kind of like what you said, like you can go to tattoo shops. You can go to what else do people that get Vivids? I mean, like foodie, like whatever it is that that what your avatar likes and go look at those things and you'll see like I actually live in Sarasota, Florida now and I've learned that their hashtag, they don't, the locals don't use Sarasota. They use SRQ. Okay. So it's like SRQ life, SRQ hair, SRQ moms. The the true locals are using SRQ. I was telling my friend that the other day who's a photographer and she has people from Sarasota, even though it's a couple hours away, still reach out to her. And I was like, you got to start using the local hashtag. Yes, totally. Yeah. That's like the city that I am closest to as well. Like it's Edmonton, but they say YG. So we all use like the airport codes in Canada. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge thing. Um, so that's exactly what everyone is searching usually. So that's a really good point. Kind of figure out what it is that the people that you want to find you are looking for. 
Yes. yes. Um, okay. Now, we also wanted to talk about, since we kind of touched on this, how many times in a day do you get asked about the Instagram or Instagram algorithm? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> sometimes, and then sometimes people like stop because people are just like, I don't know. It's totally like, that's the, when you drop algorithm on somebody that's already like social media fatigued. That's like the tipping point of I just, I can't do this. I'll never be able to do it. All right. So everybody listen up. I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid on the algorithm and I want everybody (laughs) to listen to this and I promise you when it's done, the boo-boo will be gone and the algorithm won't be intimidating to you at all anymore because (laughs) as soon as people start to say algorithm, you know that meme with like Julia Roberts and it's got like the the like geometry I'm so bad at math whatever those things are like floating around her face (laughs) like people start to do that so I'm just gonna dive in and I'll get it over with um yes (laughs) the algorithm they're never gonna exactly tell you what it's looking for or what it wants and it's forever changing and that's not just Instagram that's Facebook TikTok any social media platform even LinkedIn Mm -hmm. the algorithm's always forever gonna change But if you look up, if you just Google the definition of an algorithm, what's going to come up under like layman's terms, it'll say it's a set of instructions designed to perform a task. And I saw this today because I Googled it for um, reference (laughs) just because I wanted to see it. But all the algorithm is, is a series of instructions that are programmed into a computer. So it mines the platform for information. And based on what it's an if then kind of algorithm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, if this happens, then do this. If that happens, then do this. So it's kind of like, remember those books that we used to read when we were kids where you could like decide which chapter you wanted to go to? Choose your own adventures. Yes, Yes, I do. It's (laughs) kind of like choose your own adventure, but Instagram's deciding like, how cool your stuff is. (laughs) Like if a lot of people share this, then show it to more. If a lot of people comment on this, then show it to more. If a lot of people like this, then show it to a few more. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? It's, it's basically just, it's that. And we have to remember Instagram is a for-profit business that sells ads just like Facebook, just like every other big social media platform. And they are designed and their main goal is to keep people on the platform longer because then they can sell their advertising better and make more money. And the advertisers want to go where they can buy, um, where they can spend on ads, where people are going to be on the platform a long time and see their ads over and over. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Um, I hope this is making sense. It's really not that, I mean, that's the algorithm in a nutshell. So like people like you and I are going to tell you to create content to serve and entertain and inspire, which all makes perfect sense. Instagram itself doesn't care what you're doing as long as you're keeping people on the platform. (laughs) And the algorithm, I'm not going to give you the analogy I did before because it was very crass, but... (laughs) Let me just, they don't care what you're doing. I could be sitting painting my nails and if people watch that, they're going to show it to more people. And if people comment on it and share it with their friends, they're going to show it to more people because it's keeping people on the platform longer. That's what the algorithm cares about. They watch likes, but likes are not even close to the biggest thing that the algorithm cares about. Saves, shares, If I send you a piece of content or you send your friend a piece of content, like directly, it watches that. If you Mm -hmm. share something to your story, if you engage in the comments, all of that is keeping people on the platform longer. If you put a carousel post that has multiple where people are swiping through and looking at different pictures or videos on the same post, that's keeping them on the platform longer. If you make an IGTV that is, IGTVs have to be what, a minute long? A minute and one second long? Yeah, they do. 
So if you make an IGTV, that's like people get scared to make IGTV. Like, I don't know what to do. Make it a minute and 10 seconds and put all the juicy information at the end. So people swipe and go to IGTV to hear what happened, you know, Oh, except for IGTVs are five minutes. Like they're not, they don't have to be crazy long. Right. It's just, and like, so if you, like everything I'm saying sounds like super spammy and inauthentic right now, but that's what the algorithm kind of is. It doesn't care. But if you create, if you take everything that I just said, and then you create content with the intention to serve, entertain, inspire, inform, make somebody laugh, give somebody like a little tip about something, that's going to keep them on the platform. They're going to want to show their friends. They're going to want to share to their story, you know, this quote or whatever. And Instagram is going to see that. The algorithm will pick that up and they'll push it to even more people. So essentially, you can use the algorithm instead of letting the algorithm use you if you do it intentionally. Yes. I so, went off on a tangent because I get so excited about simplifying that and I may have complicated it. No, you didn't at all. And I think that's so, I think it's good though. You got to kind of like dive in in order to pull it back, right? So the whole thing is that, like you said, Instagram algorithm is essentially just a series of instructions. And I think that makes it really, really easy to understand. And then what we can do, so what educators like you and I will do is tell people because that kind of thing can be very complicated, right? And some people don't want to think about it. That is why we teach in the way that we teach so that people are basically leveraging the Instagram algorithm without having to think about it too much. Like you're almost doing it on autopilot, right? Exactly. And that's the reason like to, to know it and to show up authentically, but still to understand what you're doing intentionally Mm -hmm. can help because maybe if you're going to post a picture of a before and after from the salon and you're making it a carousel post, you might want to add three or four more pictures because you can have 10 in the carousel post. So take a bunch of pictures while you're doing your client's hair, you know, add a boomerang of you guys. And I know you can't get close right now, but you know what I'm saying? Like add a little bit more content because if people swipe through that, like, I know I love behind the scenes stuff. Totally. So why not? Like, show me your client sitting there, you know, cheers with her coffee or cheers with her glass of wine, like while she's processing, give me some processing mm-hmm. porn. Like, I'm just saying all kinds of raunchy things today, but like, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> give me a it. little bit more. <laughs> You're providing for most clients, if you're showing processing or rinsing or that kind of stuff, that's more of a, that's so satisfying. And you know, people love to watch that kind of stuff. Totally. It's entertainment value. If you're doing mm-hmm. it for your clients, you you might just do a boomerang of a scalp massage or a little bit of a scalp massage and people are just going to sit there and watch it 30 times because it's relaxing. And that's- Oh, Totally a different kind of value to that same post. And the algorithm has no idea what you're watching, but they're like, people like this, let's show it to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nobody from in, there's no like Mr. Algorithm who sits there and watches all your content and is like, Oh, this is good. So let's push it out. (laughs) It's, it's like what you said, it's like the more people interact with it, then the more it pushes out to. And so that means that make something good that people want to either watch and watch again or interact with in some way. And then Instagram pats you on the back and shows it to more people. So basically exactly. it's free. That is again, another form of like getting your, getting your workout in front of other people without having to pay for it. So Yes. And if you're somebody that like where everything I just said about doing a little boomerang or doing the scalp massage, if that massage, if that sounds too <laughs> much, like I know people get overwhelmed by that. And some people, it, it literally just isn't their thing to create that much content. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. That's fine too. 
take a picture from the right side, from the left side, from the back, from the front, and have a boomerang hair flip or have a slow-mo, and you still have a carousel post that's loaded up that people can swipe back and forth. And you don't, that's not as much of like, I like creating the other kind of content because it's a it's a creative outlet for me and I enjoy it. But if you don't enjoy Absolutely. doing that, please don't because you'll burn yourself out. Exactly. And that's what I say to you too. Like I'm all about Instagram without the overwhelm, right? So I think the thing is that there's there's many different ways to use Instagram and there's many different reasons. Like if you're looking at it and you don't enjoy playing the Instagram game and you just want to, you know, have something valuable for your clients or potential clients, there's ways to do that too. But just knowing the little tips and tricks will take a lot of the overwhelm out of it. I think half of it is not knowing where to start when people are overwhelmed. So if you demystify it a little bit, I think that helps. In Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, I know that when I was behind the chair, I liked making the content as like I said, it was a create, it was an extension of my creativity. Yes, I wasn't doing it. It was a place to make myself a gallery. I was already booked. I wasn't get, I was getting a few clients from Instagram, but not a lot. And this, we're going back to like 2016 here, Mm -hmm. but I absolutely enjoyed it. But when it came to doing all the hashtags, when it came to like engaging authentically with other accounts, stuff, I didn't know how you were. And I know the irony that I'm saying all this is nuts, but like, I didn't know, and I didn't care to take the time to learn. And there weren't the resources that are out there now. And it makes it simple, you know? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, then I talked to a lot of stylists. They're like, okay, so I want to start doing this the right way. Do I have to start over though? Because my engagement rate right now is insanely low. So what's your best advice for fixing a low engagement rate? Um, there's a few things that I would say to speak to that. I would, (laughs) I would take, I would, first of all, if you're there, if somebody's coming to you and saying that, I feel like there's already going to be a level of like heavy behind it. Like they're stressed, they're frustrated. Mm -hmm. You know, I would, the very first thing I would do is just take a deep breath and step back from it and think about why are you showing up? What is your, what are you actually trying to accomplish on Instagram and write it down? And it, it can be more than one thing, but like, even if it's 30 things, I don't care. Because I am not, I do not, like you and I were talking about this, I do not believe that you can only do one thing one way. Like you could show up, literally, I saw an account that she made, you know, the sugar cookies that got kind of trendy. I think they still are. People are making the sugar cookies, like the really intricate iced sugar cookies. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, There is a stylist. I wish I knew her account so I could shout her out. But she does hair and she makes those cookies. (gasps) <gasps> oh, I love that. Her account is so freaking cute. And I, if I can find it, I will send it to you. And yes, she does do. both. And why shouldn't she? And how cute. And I am sitting here talking to you, remembering that, you know, and well, she, you could tell she loved what she was doing. It's more interesting too. Like, I think honestly, the days are gone of people wanting to look at a hundred photos of the back of someone's head, no matter how nice the hair is and no matter how nice the, the photo is because it's dull. And so it's interesting you say that because I'm going back to, again, on, from my one-on-one coaching clients, like sometimes I'll say, you know, if you're into crystals, post some crystals on your grid. If you're into plants, which everyone knows I am, (laughs) Mm -hmm. those make an appearance, but it's like, you can also post about the connecting points you have with potential clients. If, if your goal is to connect with potential clients. So adding a little bit of interest is a really great idea. I think. I think it's super smart and it's obviously too, when people do that kind of stuff and they're posting that kind of content, like you can see that they enjoy it. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of another stylist right now. And I honestly, I don't know his name. I know he lives close to where I used to live in Tampa and his candle is like CC crew. 
hair. And Mm -hmm. when you said that, I immediately thought, and it just shows the kind of authentic connections that you can build when you post content that just is something you enjoy. He's a phenomenal Mm -hmm. hairdresser. He posts great work. Um, He's had his stuff shared by like Beauty Launchpad. I've seen it. He loves plants. And he posted one thing one time that was just a little video, but his little caption said something about he was a good plant daddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. It was so cute. And it just like stuck in my head. And that's the kind of thing, like how many times have you heard me mention people since we've started this podcast where it's like, those are the kind of things that people are going to remember. I couldn't tell you what even he specializes in specializes in with hair except his work is good but I know he loves plants yeah totally it's just those connecting points right I think too like speaking back to engagement the more you switch up your content I think the more people are going to engage because they're going to be like oh that's new or like oh that's cool like I haven't seen that whereas like if you're really repetitive with your content I think that can sometimes lead to a lower engagement rate too it becomes white noise. And I told totally. a friend of mine that because her work is solid, bank, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But this was like months ago we had this conversation. Every picture looked, even though all of her work was beautiful, every picture looked the same. And I was like, mm-hmm. I heard um, someone else say something like this. And I was like, it's white noise. And she freaked out because that's who she is, like in a good way. She took it to yeah. heart. And you should see what her grid looks like now. And because white noise was what that kind of was her aha moment of I need to shake it up. One of the things that I did when I was starting out with Instagram is I thought everything had to be perfect and super consistent and the same. And, you know, I was getting reposted by brands, but I wasn't getting any new clients because it was like, okay, so my photo fit that brand's aesthetic, Mm. but it wasn't actually doing anything for my business. Like, you know, it's cool to get reposted and all that, but it doesn't actually lead to any more money in your pocket. So the second I started adding a little bit more of my own personality to my feed and showing up in different ways, that was when I got the traction. And that was when I started being able to build an actual solid business from my Instagram account. I think that, I mean, you nailed it. Like that is exactly correct. Like if you're I'm all for, again, I'm all for aesthetic. I'm all for sticking to like, like you'll see my grid is it's not super, super intentional that it's like perfect, but there's like a lot of pink. Like I kind of mm-hmm. keep my grid. Like I want it to be a little bit of like candy when you go there. So well, you branding keep- is important. Totally. Still. Yeah, yeah, totally. But like if you go too far with it, it does. It becomes too perfect. And then people will look at it and whether it's hair or whether it's people like us and it can be almost off-putting because you're like, oh, this person's like super serious. Or this is, this is yes. like mo- more people are casual these days yeah. and we want to be approachable. And the other thing that I was just going to say, just so I don't forget, um, when you think about why you're showing up, is it just button share? Do you want to grow an audience besides butts in your chair? Mm-hmm. Some people don't, and that's fine. Like you're, if you're using it as a gallery, like I was back in the day, mm-hmm. you still should probably do all this stuff we're talking about, but just understanding your end game, mm-hmm. give you a little bit of clarity and can kind of take the pressure off because somebody that's trying to grow an audience because they want to dip their toe in education and like maybe sell a course or maybe do like something that we're doing is going to probably do it a little bit differently than somebody that just wants to grow an audience to make sure that they're fully booked. Uh, Oh my God. That is like, that is such a great takeaway. And honestly, um, that is the first lesson in my course, which isn't open right now um, and won't be for a little while. But that is the first lesson. Find your why. Why are you posting on Instagram? Why are you creating content? And that will kind of guide you in the direction you need to go. Agree completely. And it's like, and then the other thing to follow that up is 
when I say all of that, put it on paper, use a pen, but know it can always change. You could be, you could do that for six months. And then if you realize maybe I do want to take it in another direction, there's nothing that says that you can't pivot every nine squares of your grid until you find where you're comfortable. The page that I use now is the same page that I was using when I was using it to attract clients. So you can pivot as many times as you want to. This is the kind of stuff that like that that can help you fix low engagement. Main things for engagement is if you're doing like everything we just talked about, if all of that, you're like, yeah, I feel like I'm already there. But Go back to the super basic stuff. Are you using call to actions to invite engagement? Mm -hmm. You could post the most banging picture or the funniest quote or whatever, but like use your caption to ask a question, ask them to tag a friend, try different call to actions because you're not like what my audience responds to and your audience responds to is not always going to be the same. Like I did one last week that I thought was really, I was really, really happy with myself. I thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. I reposted, it was just like a pink neon sign and I posted it on Wednesday and I was like, on Wednesdays we post pink neon. Like I thought I was <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah, girls, I love it. <laughs> and then like, what did Gretchen's dad invent? Like what did yeah. they ask, you know, what was Janice's wig made out of? And I thought yeah. people go nuts because I thought it was funny. So I'm like, oh, it's going to up. It's going to be like a hundred yeah. like crickets. <laughs> really? <laughs> no other mean girls fans, hey? <laughs> I mean, like a few people liked it and a few people, but also too, think about this. I posted it at like Wednesday at like 2 p.m. Like my audience is at work. Right. So, but it didn't bum me out because I realized Like I'm aware of all that and I know that like not every call to action that I post or not every caption that I post is going to work. So be Mm -hmm. willing to try different things and it's not going to happen overnight. Be willing to, to look at it over a span of like months and then go back and see what's working for you. Totally. And there's going to be times too where you're going to post something totally bomb and like for whatever reason, just nobody ends up really seeing it or interacting with it for the first 45 minutes and it gets super low engagement. And that doesn't mean that you need to like write it off and be all upset with yourself. But honestly, it Instagram, I think is a long game. It's all about building like a great reputation, building a great relationship with your audience. So it's one of those things that I, I don't like to put too much pressure on the outcome of a single post. For sure. You know what I mean? Because it's not going to make or break your career, I promise. (laughs) And if you post something and you know like in your bones it's good, and let me rephrase that. Not if you think in your bones it's good. If you're just like, oh, maybe I posted that at the wrong time or maybe I didn't use hashtags. If you know the actual post is good, post it again on like – for me, like Thursday night at 10, things usually fly if I do Mm -hmm. it. So if you post something – at a time when you're like, nobody picked it up. And like you, what you just said to people need to pay attention to that. Like the algorithm does look usually like the first 45 minutes. If people save, share, comment, like whatever, that is, is kind of important, especially if you're building. So if, if it bombs the first time, don't hesitate to post it again. And there's nobody that's watching. That's like, you're an outfit repeater, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Well, and the small percentage of your audience that actually, because like the way that it works is like they show it to a small percentage. If that percentage enjoys it, engages with it, does all the things we talked about, then it shows it to more people. So the actual chances that your entire audience is seeing every single post, it's there isn't even a chance. It's completely impossible. It's not happening. So don't be afraid to either repost or put a really like slightly new spin on old content that did well. Like that is a completely fine tactic to use. And I actually recommend people do that. I love it. Dude, scroll through my grid. I repost stuff all the time. I go into my um, insights and I'm like, what did well? Cool. Let's, let's use that. You know, I'm going to post three times today. Let's post a banger and see, because the chance, like you said, the chances that everybody sees it are, it's literally impossible. It won't happen. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. And think of it this way. Instead of like, I think a lot of us are like, oh, people are going to think I post the same thing. Think of it this way instead. So you created a piece of content that people thought was really valuable and people thought was really great. They engaged with it and interacted with it for a reason. If you repost it, you're just giving more people the opportunity to get the value out of that content. So reframe it. It's not a negative thing to do. I think if anything, that's serving your audience more. You know what I mean? I'll riff on that too, like a jam band. Um, so you do, <laughs> such a dork. So you do that, I right? And then the people that have seen it are going to be like, I needed to see that again. Thanks for the reminder. Somebody that saw that blonde I always say blonde extensions. They saw the blonde extensions. They saw the great men's cut. Whatever it is, they see that and they're like, you know what? I've been wanting to go to that person. I've been wanting to make an appointment. I'm glad they posted. That was the picture that they posted that made me decide that, you know, that put them on my radar to begin with. Now I'm going to go ahead and book because I saw it again. Mm -hmm. Nobody's sitting there like watching to be like, "Mm, you posted that three months ago. That's not cool. You're so right. And I think it's, I see um, stylists get really discouraged sometimes because they're like, oh, well, I'm not getting a ton of new clients right away. But it's like, it's, it's fantasy to think that someone's going to like, you're going to post something, someone's going to see it on a hashtag, and they're just going to pick up their phone, and they're going to book immediately. No, no, no. That's not what's going to happen. People are waiting in line at the grocery store when they're scrolling through Instagram. They see your picture. Oh, cute. I'm going to follow her. And then like three weeks later, when they finally see another piece of your content, they're like, oh, that's so pretty. And then their phone rings. And then three weeks later, they're looking at something else. And that's when they're finally paying attention and booking an appointment. So you have to keep putting stuff out there because the shelf life of an Instagram post is like, 24 hours, 48 if it's like viral. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you really have to just keep putting stuff out there. So don't be afraid to reuse content. Like that is something that people just need to get out of their heads. (laughs) And like also in the most literal terms, drop the ego. I'm not talking ego like you think you're great. I'm talking like ego in the literal definition from like Psych 101 where like the teenager in you that thinks everybody's looking at you or everybody's like noticing those things. No one cares. No one's paying attention to it. Just do you repost what you want. You're telling a story, you're building your brand and connection. Yeah. If you want to get people in your chair right away, throw some paid ads in there too. Yeah. And that's totally an option. Um, That can definitely help, but that's another episode. (laughs) Yeah, that is another episode, which we could totally do because I love that. But the other thing, too, is like that's where it comes back to um, making sure each post stands on its own, but also making sure that your grid is telling a story and is branded. So when people see that one post, they come to your page and they're like, "Ooh, like there's more, you know, more where this came from. Okay, so like basically in summary, if you've got low engagement, the the what I say is take a step back, think about why you're showing up. And I said all of this before, but it's still it bears repeating. Yeah. Have a brain dump. Write down all of the reasons that maybe you want to show up or maybe that you want to build an audience, whether it is just to get people in your chair or whether it's to network with other stylists and like meet other stylists that do what you do and build those kind of like work friendships? Or do you want to, um, maybe you want to connect with other small businesses in your area or even online and forge relationships there? Like Instagram is all about building relationships and there's opportunities. And I mean, all social media is, you can build relationships in a way that, we couldn't even really fathom 10 years ago. It like wasn't an option. So think about how you want to show up and why you're showing up. And when you see that on paper, it it's a little bit easier to kind of like digest everything. And Absolutely. so no matter what you're doing, you want to post consistently, whether it's every day, whether it's four times a week, whatever it is, it has to be consistent there's a lot of different schools of thought on that, but consistency, show up with value 
and serve. If you're not bringing content that informs, inspires, explains, entertains, why would people engage? Like people can feel that vibe if you're just showing up, posting a picture and dipping. Like that totally. comes through in your content. That's exactly the thing. Like you are adding value and you're giving to that community and they're going to want to engage and they're going to want to give that love back. So that's amazing. And Jennifer, you have dropped so many knowledge bombs. I am so, so excited for people to hear this episode. You're on the Hairstylist Rising podcast. So one thing that I always ask is if you had one piece of advice for a hairstylist determined to rise, but just needing a little guidance, what would that one thing be? Okay. So you're talking about just like rising in general, like next leveling Yes, like leveling up and getting to that place of fulfillment and whatever success means to them in their career. The number one thing that I would say, if I could only say it in one sentence, which we both know that I can't, is be coachable. <laughs> yes. Take in all of the education. There is the amount of the access to education that somebody that's in a growth phase now has compared to when you and I were coming up in this industry is just like... Oh, it doesn't even compare. I mean, I would have just gone crazy to have access to the to the amount of just the education that you can get on like Instagram now. Totally. I mean, somebody could go and just look through like your account and learn enough to really get them started and then do enough and make enough from there that then they could like hire you as their personal coach, you know, hundred percent. Like it's, you have like to start, take a step back, be coachable, drop the ego and like Mm -hmm. really analyze where you need help and be willing to take help. Start observe, like start absorbing free content until you find what resonates with you and then absolutely pay to take a class. Thank you so much. Um, And where can people find you, Jennifer? I am on Instagram at Independent Stylist Podcast. And you can hear my podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any place that podcasts are available. Amazing. And I will link that in the show notes. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Me too always have a time. I always love our chats. (laughs) Always tons of laughter and tons of bomb information. So thanks again, Jennifer. You're welcome.